everybody, welcome to the Clear Tai Chi Mastermind meeting. And today's topic will be the part two of uh, Clear Tai Chi history, basically my studies and all that stuff. And the uh, and the tai, uh, Clear Tai Chi Twin history. And let me start by introducing everybody. I'm Richard Clear, your host. And this is Matt Holker, who is the, res the regional organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. And Greg Nomeyer is the regional organizer for, tell them where. For uh, Ann Arbor, <coughs> Michigan, and Ypsilanti. Hi, everyone. Welcome. And Sheila Bell in Costa Rica, and she can tell you what parts. Hi, everyone. I'm in Guanacaste, close to the Liberia Airport. And Chris Walsh in Maine, and he can tell you what parts. Hi, everyone. I'm in Hollowell, Maine, just outside of Augusta, Maine. And Bill, who's in Columbus, Georgia, he said hello. We waved hello. And Harry Leg, who's in Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City. Yes, hello. Thank you. Hi. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Uh, so where we left off at was right around 1988, and that I basically taught it, and uh, had met up with this master that was a, you know, that I didn't realize was a master for the first few months, six months probably that I knew him and that I taught at uh, Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio. Um, and in 1988, I began to study with a master of old hand Wudong and Tibetan Tai Chi. And he, uh, his movement was very, very flowing. And this is a different guy than the other people I was talking about. Okay. And so um, he was very flowing and very uh, powerful at the same time. And he had many high level internal methods and applications. Um, and he was very effective and internally powerful with his martial applications. And you can tell and feel and see that that was going on. And so then, um, and then with him, I already had a bunch of fighting applications from Tyrone. I had probably got somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 60 applications per move from the Tai Chi set. Um, the, the old frame, the old, the old young style 108, uh, old frame, young style 108 that I had studied. And with this guy, I got more fighting applications and they were, some of them, of course, were familiar, but, but a number of things about them were different and the way that he used internal power and the way he was doing them, uh, a lot of times was different. And the movement was, again, it had that very, very flowing, but very martial, aspect and a lot of his were much more in motion as part of the application and tyrone would talk about that but this guy was was an expert at that aspect of it uh, and this teachers that he had got it from this is i guess part of what they do anyways um he also um had a lot a lot of teaching that involved internal chi energy manipulation methods and techniques and this included things like um, the real hen and ha sound of Tai Chi and how it's used, specific vision and nervous system and mind and spirit training, um, advanced song internal relaxation and wave and spiral energy and really using them in real time and, and how to get them so that you could do them so that you can see it, but then also making it very, very internal. Um, and a lot more jings um, and advanced expressions of those jings and a good bit of shin training then to go along with that, but using the Jing as the way, as the, as the vehicle to get there. By the way, I left off and, and forgot to tell you guys the, uh, a word from our sponsor, 
And since I'm talking about basically things that go into the progression of Tai Chi, uh, what I'm going to recommend to you right now would be the uh, Tai Chi Roadmap.com, which is a roadmap. Um, talk more, tell them. Uh, it's, it is the, the sort of the big picture of the training stages of Tai Chi from rank beginner all the way up through senior master. It's got the whole map, the roadmap laid out for you in broad brush strokes, but what the training stages are, how they relate to each other, how you kind of move through those stages and, and um, what to expect at each level and why they are kind of in the, in the order that they are um, in for Tai Chi because other systems do it differently. Uh, and so um, it is, uh, it, it is a, a really good, a really great big picture foundational piece of training that most of the, the real like masters in Tai Chi agree on that, but because there's not like disagreement on it, they don't talk about it. They only talk about the stuff they disagree about. And so um, it's just not really well known. And so uh, see if it clear put it very, uh, very well, um, you know, very easy to, to understand kind of, kind of language. Um, and it's available at Tai Chi Roadmap.com. Tai Chi Roadmap.com. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So in, uh, so when I told you this guy was a master, uh, he was a master of old hand Wudong uh, specifically, and Wudong Tai Chi was his primary Tai Chi, and then Tibetan Tai Chi Chuen also. The, uh, which is an odd mix, I guess, but the people he studied from, that's what they had. And you can see it, it was very powerful stuff that way. Um, there was a lot of iron skills training and the steel wrapped in cotton um, he had higher level Gong skills and taught um, Gong from day one in his program um, that, I was, that I was in anyways. Um, and I was with this teacher for about six years, up until about 1994. The, uh, up in, uh, if there's any questions or anything, make sure you flag me and we'll, we'll do that. Up until 1990, I taught the way that my teachers had taught which meant that there was a public version and what you taught everybody that was publicly coming to your classes. And then if you had some serious students, students you liked better, students who were really doing the extra things, they got taught the real stuff a little bit at a time, very carefully. And then those indoor classes were for them and not open to the public. The, uh, and then, you know, and it was like a discipleship method, even though um, I don't know that I took on any formal disciples at the time, although I did have a guy in, in 1989 who was with me for, I don't know, five years anyways, that four years, four years, four years, that basically you would have called him a disciple and he actually lived with me for a while when he was training and that kind of thing. The, uh, anyways, and so those classes weren't open to the public. In 1990, when I opened the doors to my first school, um, I began teaching the real secret closed door only material publicly. And I didn't do it haphazardly. There is a tra proper training progression and for people to get development. And I start with things that are a little more, while well, you guys that have had it know our basic skills, has some very advanced stuff in it for what you normally would get publicly. But on the closed door, that is really beginning stuff. And I'm not put, having you do anything where, oh, hold on, we got to pretend you didn't do that and forget about that and now do this other stuff. It's all pertaining but obviously it's done in a simpler way and in a more um in a less arduous way 
to try to make it so that beginners, when they do the system, can can come in and not get ran out. Because like if I try to teach people the higher level version of that real upfront, most beginners quit. Like when I say most, I mean nine, 19 out of 20 quit. And so I don't teach it that way. I learned to teach it not dummy down, but definitely um, more casually, more, okay, you know, do this, do that. I'm not going to be quite as tedious and, and nitpicky and specific about it. Um, but it is the real stuff. And, and when you get into the next level, as again, everybody here knows this, then, or you see it like in a workshop, even though the beginners are getting it the way, that way, even though I'm, you're seeing the same stuff they're seeing, you're seeing it very differently than the way they're seeing it. Harry can attest to this directly. Um, talk to that for a minute, Harry. Because I know when you came to the, um, to the level one last February in Boca. Yes. Did, and you kind of got to experience what I'm talking about there. For our level one uh, basic skills in Tai Chi curriculum. Well, yeah, you know, when you, um, it's the same as reading your book as well. Uh, the first time you read through, the first time you take level one basic skills, Tai Chi, or really any of your, uh, you know, curriculum, we even push hands, you can only absorb so much um, at one time. Also, you only know so much at that point in time. So there are things that you're saying that to a beginner will fly over your head. And that's okay because you're getting what you need to get as a beginner. But then when you are more advanced and the beginner stuff is now really beginner stuff to you, the things you say, the things you show in the same room with beginners as someone that's become a little more advanced, you go, oh, yeah, now I get that or that makes sense or I understand that now or I didn't realize, how come I, how, why am I just learning this now? And, and you'll smile and go, I, I said that before five years ago when you took this the first time, you just weren't ready. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, uh, part of, uh, there were a number of things that caused me to change on this. And one of them was is that my um, wife at the time, I've only been married twice. I've been with my second wife for coming up on 30 years. Yeah, God bless her soul. Anyways, uh, um, you're not that. Thank you. Uh, she would maybe disagree, but anyway, uh, the um, but after 30 years, what do you expect? Okay. Uh, anyways, she uh, she she saw the difference between like the public version and the private version, and my, my, the first wife here. And one day she said, "You know, why are you doing that?" And I said, well, that's what my teachers taught me to do. And the fear is, is that people will get the real stuff Marshall, for the martial side of it, for the real serious uh, fighting, killing side of the art, and that they will abuse it, misuse it, and go out and hurt people. And she was like, they don't want to do that. They're just going to go to a baseball bat or a gun. Why are they going to take six months to study that when you know, pull the trigger or, or swing the bat, you know, and, and, or swing the bat, wow, pow, and they don't have to study any of that. And I thought about it and it made sense to me. And so then I really took the closed door and just started teaching it publicly again, being careful at the beginning so that we don't run people out and it's not overwhelming and also putting, making so that it has layers to it so that as people then can keep doing the curriculum, they're getting the deeper aspect just by being exposed to it and or by teaching it as the folks here are doing. Um, and making sure that there's a good training progression for it, which there normally is anyways, but but a lot of the teachers 
one of the ways they hide the information is they will randomly teach you stuff like across the board and sometimes it's really easy and sometimes it's really like mind-boggling and and there's a tendency to not care it's like it's part of that confusion for lack of a better way to say it is part of the method of teaching it and hiding it and all that stuff anyways um so i started actually teaching the indoor stuff then and and decided made a decision that uh, i wasn't gonna hide it um and the it helped that the teacher that I had in 1988 that although he had some things he taught that were more for public, you know, not really so much the real stuff. Most of what he taught was the real stuff. You couldn't be with him for, for even a couple of months or more and not be getting the real stuff because that's mostly what he had. Um, and I don't know if it's because the teachers that he had came up in the temple um, and there was some of that um, or if it was that they came out of very war-torn places, um, parts of Indonesia and all of that. Like in 1954, there was civil war there. Um, Sukarno came to power. And so anybody who was there during that time period, they didn't do like the public version of the martial arts. They only did the real stuff because you they, they were fighting like life and death fighting and they had to have the real stuff that they were hoping to survive that. Because if they fought somebody else seriously and kill them, you know, the options were have the real stuff or or maybe not, probably not live through it. Anyways, um, and so I started really teaching it for real then and um, and had a sizable, you know, uh, 35 students by 1993 that were really learning that curriculum and, and, and some of them getting close to the point of teaching, like they could run classes when I was gone. Yeah. Hi, Art. Hello, Art. Art popped up in two places. <laughs> I don't think you can hear us in either one. <laughs> oh, there he is. Hey, Art. Oh, you can't hear that it's connected to audio. Hey, Art. Hi, I'm Mike. Oh, it's all good. So in 1994, I went to Beijing and Tianjin, uh, China. Chico? Yeah. May I interrupt? Sure. Yeah. So I want I want a little more story. So. Can we have his name or can we have the story on how? Some teachers, I will tell you their name and you, you'll see that as we're going through it. Other ones, I don't tell the name for various reasons. Okay. Depending on which teacher it is. Like one of the teachers that I learned from in the 1980s that I talked about last time, who was teaching the Tibetan stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I did mention it in the call some. He was basically, um, because of the training, and I, and I learned to avoid the parts of the training that do this, he was... You couldn't be around him very long and not figure out that he was disturbed. Okay. Heavily disturbed. It was the shin training. He had just done it too much of it in the wrong kind of way. Um, and and probably had some drugs mixed in there. And that combination made him psycho. Right. So I don't tell his name because I don't want anybody, I don't want to be responsible for anybody that would get in contact with him. Okay. This teacher that I've been talking about that I started with in 1988, I was really one of his senior guys there for a number of years um, after, you know, by 1990, 91. And then I went to China in 1994, like I'm getting ready to talk about. And when I did, um, I came back and one of my senior students had cards all over the world. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, oh, I did on, online uh, while we were on the call. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is that guy. <laughs> this is that guy, and so I don't, I don't tell his name because we really had a bad parting of ways, and it was, 
um, you know, uh, and part of his thing was, um, you know, don't tell anybody, don't mention my name, don't say my name. And I was like, you're right. I won't say your name. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah, that, that fills it in. Yep. <laughs> um, cool. So in 1994, I went to Beijing and Tianjin, um, China, and I studied advanced Bagua and Xing Yi from one of the Xing Yi masters from um, uh, Shanxi, not Shanxi, uh, Shanxi, no. It's the place where Xing Yi is from. I want to tell you, I think it's Shanxi. Anyways, um, they came. We brought them by train from, again, I think it's Shanzi. Sorry for not recalling it directly off the top of my head. Anyways, and they brought him in by train into Beijing, and we trained with him and 12, about 10 to 12 of his disciples. The senior one had been with him for 50 years. And, um, 50, and five, zero years? Five, zero years, yeah. That's how long he had been training with him, and they were all with him and, and took care of him and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then that one I'm happy to tell you guys names of uh, if you if you you know if you end up asking me any of that and then um, I want to know that and then the teacher the other teacher with the Xingyi that we studied from and he was the winner of the last uh, full contact death matches um, I, won't, I keep wanting to say Pesci wrong and that's not who it was um, it was um, uh, Leo yeah it was Master Lu Lu Wan Fu and I don't pronounce it very well I apologize I have time for that. When I was in Beijing um, with the with the twelve disciples under uh, the other Xinyi teacher, and I get you again. I get you his name. I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, the uh, they would teach us in the courtyard, and basically they were giving us a new technique. Uh, long story short, when we first got there, these guys had been scouted the year before, where they had the two people who arranged the trip went and went and scoured the country and they were looking for the people that they were being told by everybody or that they had heard were the best and they interviewed them and what they did when they interviewed them was they wanted to find out if they were really the best teacher highest level teachers they could get for bagua and Xing Yi. and then the other part was as well as being the best would they actually teach and that's where the teachers that they brought in that's how they got them that was the criteria and when we got there, and there were actually 25 of us, 26, 27, 28, about 28 people that were there training, and everybody had experience and knew the stuff, like knew the basics already. So the guy had agreed to teach, thinking he was going to spend a week teaching the basics. And so he taught for the first day from breakfast to lunch. And at lunch, he pulled aside the leader of the group and said, Hey, I'm going to leave my disciples here. To teach and I need to go back he needed to go back home and get on the train and so the uh, and what had happened was that when he taught the basics we all went oh yeah okay Pi twin Zuan twin Feng twin um, fire uh, pow and Hing and boom 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 and it was like okay what's next and at that moment he realized that he was gonna keep teaching us for three weeks he wasn't going to be able to hide the real stuff. He was going to have to teach or he was going to have to basically, you know, somehow put across things that were not the real stuff. Hi, Daniel. Hey, guys. Sorry, I was got family. The, uh, anyway, so he realized that he was going to have to do something. And so he decided that what it came to, and if he taught us wrong for three solid weeks and we were already experienced, 
And then we came back to the States and we started propagating that because there's, like I say, almost 30 of us. He's responsible for that. And it's a loss of face to him. This is what his Tai Chi, his, um, in that case, Xingyi looked like in America. Now, I know that the Xingyi and the Bagua aren't Tai Chi, but there were a lot of internal things in there. So it bears relevance. Most of the stuff that I've been telling you about last time and this time is all Tai Chi oriented. It's a little different um, for this little piece. And then most of it, I've not been talking about my other training, just the Tai Chi. Anyways, um, the importance of this is that so he tried to leave and have the students teach us so that the teachers, so that the students could teach us wrong. And then he could go, oh, no, they taught him wrong. Oh, that shouldn't have happened. And he could actually say that as opposed to I taught them wrong is, wait a minute, you got paid good money and you taught everybody wrong. Right. And he couldn't quite defend that. So um, the guy that had the, had the trip, he was smart and, and he knew that this kind of thing was a possibility. And so what he told him was, he said, you can leave and go back home, but you can take the disciples with you um, and we're going to pay you for the half day instead of the whole time. And yeah, see you later. And we'll get somebody else to teach us. And I, and I gathered that he had a backup. And the, uh, so the master was like, wait a minute, that's a lot of money. And he stayed. And then for the next three days, every meal, he basically begged to leave again. And the, and the same conversations took place again and again and again. And then finally, day two, into day two, beginning of day three, they hit on a plan. And then no, he wasn't trying to beg to leave anymore after that. And the plan was to show us something new every 15 minutes the rest of the entire trip. So 15 minutes would go by, bang, something new. 15 minutes, bang, something new. And it's another way to hide information, to overwhelm you with it uh, in that kind of a way. And so, um, and while we were practicing and doing this, some of the students would be on the in the courtyard working with us, and another, as much as easily half of them, would be standing off to the side in a little like area where you could sit down and not be in the middle, not be in the courtyard, but be beside the courtyard, and they would be smoking cigarettes. And my Chinese is terrible, but I was able to pick up enough to realize that what they were doing was standing there laughing at us, going. Ah, they're never going to be able to remember this. They don't even know what, what they're doing. Um, we're giving them something new now, 15 minutes later. And, and basically laughing at us like they're never going to get this. They're not going to be able to go home and maintain this on and on and on and on. And a lot of the people in the group were in the same organization. And we had a conversation. I, I recognized this like without anybody having said anything yet. But then the group recognized it. They got together at one of the meals and had a meeting and then designated, you remember this, you remember this other thing, third person, you remember this, and then they were in the same organization. So when they went home, then they could all compare notes and everybody trained to stop. For me, I just got what I, what I could. Uh, but what I also, what happened was because they were laughing and, it was and, and having such a great time at our expense, it pissed me off. And I realized that they're so determined to get paid, but also to hide the information that they're going to great lengths to do that. And they didn't write. You know, we, we, here we, we traveled, um, you know, thousands of miles each way, spent basically the trip. The cost, and this is 1994 dollars, was like five to $7,000. And I went, this is ridiculous. Um, okay, and I basically uh, vowed that when I came home, I would really double down on 
A, the high level information, and B, that I would make sure that others got that high level information. And so it really kind of put the fire in me to really do that. Did you have a question, Sheila? No. Okay. Anyway, so. And so this was true with the Tai Chi as well. Unfortunately, I trained the Tai Chi already long enough that I was a master level by then in 1990. I think Tyrone actually has on the paperwork somewhere around 1990. But 93 was when we actually had the conversation and he wrote out the paperwork and, and designated me as a master and an inheritor of the system and all that stuff. Anyway, um, so if you're wanting to know more about the internal real aspects of Tai Chi, clearmartialarts.com is where we have an online site and you can get our level one basic skills, which are basic skills for our system. But most people who've seen those and trained those consider that to be very advanced stuff. It really is the beginning stuff for the indoor real Tai Chi method, and you can get that at clearmartialarts.com. Yeah, and you can take in as much as you can take in and work on it at your own pace, and there's very clear um, training progression and a very, uh, but but also a lot of freedom with, you know, how you how you apply the material to your own life, and, uh, and so it's not um, ever, like, overwhelming, even though, like, like you know, what Stephen Clear's experience was with the guys in Beijing there, but um, because it, because you can do it at your own pace, but it is very advanced material, and uh, it is the the foundational stuff for all like everything that we are talking about and everything that we've been talking about for the last several weeks. They're saying it's advanced, but I, I I really consider it beginning. And most of the time, when people first take it, they they think of it as advanced if they haven't been exposed to that kind of material. But by the time you've been in the system for a year, two years, three years, it becomes oh, that's that is the beginning stuff. Yeah. And you really get that. And then it's taught in a way that's very digestible and where you can work it and it's not overwhelming to you. So not only are you able to take your time with it, but it's it's definitely um, parsed down into digestible uh, pieces and, and, and aspects of the training. It's very clear. The, okay. Um, in 1994, I met and began training with Uncle Bill, Bill and Dequars. Um, he is my primary teacher still today, and I've been with him since that time. The, uh, and, um, and so it's over 25 years now. The, uh, I, said, uh, I am a lineage inheritor in his system, along with about a dozen other serious um, guys. And he has very, uncle has very advanced internal training from his family from when he was a kid on up. They started him off at the age of five with the internal and the Tai Chi masters in the area where they lived in Java. Um, and there is a high, high level Tai Chi there to be had. Um, and then he trained, he uh, has specific training from Dong Huling and the Dong style Tai Chi, Dong style Tai Chi fighting version. It is the fighting version of Yang style because they were the ones that took the challenge matches and all of that. And the advanced Tai Chi twin fighting methods and applications are, are part and parcel and core to that training, right? And uncle has the formless fighting method. I had learned it originally in 1983 or four um, and got it through Tyrone via Dr. Wu and all of that. And I've only met like three other people who know the method. 
Uncle Bill is one of them. And I didn't actually realize that Uncle fully knew that method until um, about a year ago. And I knew that he had high-level Tai Chi fighting methods. I just didn't realize he had that one. And Uncle is surprising that way. He'll be like, okay, well, there's this thing. And Uncle will be like, get them on this. And what's funny is, is that you don't see, he uses aspects of the method a lot when he's doing things, but it's mixed in with quite a bit of other stuff. And he's not a big fan of the method. And the reason he told me when I, when we talked about this a year ago, and it was a year ago, actually almost, no, it was a year ago, it was last October. The, uh, anyways, um, obviously from when we're talking to you about this now, and he said, oh, I hate that method. And I was like, what? You hate the method? What's up with that? It's too defensive. Uncle, when he's fighting, he's a very, um, when he thinks about fighting, he, he doesn't mind that you're going to have to start with a defensive movement of some kind, but then everything from that moment on, your offense is your defense. And so he was like, that method's too defensive. And I was like, well, so is there something in you having the Tai Chi methods that solves for that? Or is it that you just don't use it? And he said, oh, no, there's a solution for that. That is, you do this and this with it. And primarily, it's you do the formless fighting at its high level, and it's very powerful stuff. And there's an aspect of that um, called White Cloud, which is actually a Bagua method, but it's really an energetic. It's a, it's a Jing or a Shin method that you can put it in any framework you're doing, including Tai Chi. And when I'm telling you that, there's no movement to it. It is the energy qualities in what you're doing, both physically and mentally. And so I've learned that. I learned that from him. It's coming up on eight years now anyway. Um, and that's a very high-level method. I touched a guy, a uh, big guy that you, those of you who know Roland, and touched him with it. And I mean touched him like touched him like I just touched Matt. And it blew him off his feet, into the wall, and knock them out. And I had no intention for any of that. I was just, I just had that, I was working the method as Uncle Bill had taught me. And then realized how dangerous it was after that. I realized that it would move him a bit. Roland weighs over 400 pounds. And it did that. I didn't think, it, I thought it would be like a jostle or something. And no, it's powerful in a way that I'm telling you. Anyways, and so it's mixed with that method, which the formless fighting method, it should do that. It's just you don't find very many masters who have that ability at that level. And the other thing that's in there with it is that it's got Pung, real internal high-level Pung, happening at the same time. I will tell you, if you try to learn both of those at the same time, because then he said, this is really the method. It is those elements all going on at the same time. But you can't learn them at the same time. You have to learn it, not like I did where it was 1983 and then this was 2019 but and i had learned pong specifically by itself it's just that you have to have the pieces and then you have to be good at those pieces and harry were you standing there when i got this from him uh ramsey was right ramsey was with him. anyways um and then matt was there obviously uh as well anyways um and he said, you have, you know, you get the various pieces and really master those and then you put them together and that's the high level method. And when you use it, it's, it's formidable. They can't really get to you. You're all over them. They feel like they're fighting with air until you touch them. And then they feel like they had, a, they were fighting air that had like very large bricks in it and they, and they couldn't touch the bricks. And then the bricks touch, the bricks touch them and, it, and, it, and it's devastating. It's the nicest way I can put that. And it is the high level Tai Chi fighting method. The uh, uh, and then the and then in the Tai Chi, 
for the energy and the mindset, the shin, the and the the methods that are the um, the white cloud. They don't call it white cloud. They call it like it's just part of the formless fighting. But anyways, but it's the white cloud energetics. It is the same. It is actually absolutely the same qualities of formlessness and air at an exceptionally ethereal level, um, but then applied, which requires the mind and the and the right body qualities from the practitioner. Anyways, um, so just to be specific there. All right. Um, and now a word from our sponsor. Mind over matter can be a confusing idea for a lot of folks. We just don't see it demonstrated that often. You hear about things like a mother lifting a car to save her baby that's underneath, but how can we reliably tap into that kind of power every time? Not just in extreme and unpredictable cases, but whenever we choose. With the right instruction and a few simple drills, even beginners can get mind over muscle power in almost no time at all. My name is Richard Clear and internal power is what I do. I've been researching and sharing the secrets of effortless internal power for over 40 years. I want to spread those secrets far and wide. So I created a unique online program that gets results fast. The results are so good that I offer a money back guarantee. Find out more about how it works at internalpowerkeys.com. That's internalpowerkeys.com. Thank you. Yeah, and I've got your uncle has the formless fighting method and the more advanced version of it, which includes the ghost and the fung at the same time. Um, he has very high level uh, internal push hands and more than one kind. Um, I've learned the highest levels of sung softness, which is what the white cloud's getting into. Um, I've heard, learned the highest levels of sung softness from uncle. And I've had good training of it from some of the other teachers, but uncle is the softest that I've met. Um, and he has the most advanced Tai Chi internal skills and knowledge um, of anybody I've ever met. And when I say that, like Master Ma, who I'll be getting to shortly, um, obviously was top of the top of the line, senior master, lineage inheritor, and all of that stuff. And he may have had, and certainly his students in the lineage would argue he had as, as high level of skill as uncle. But my experience of it was very much getting the internal push hands and that kind of thing and getting it to the level that I could get being there for a few weeks. And, um, but in terms of a teacher that I've really been able to interact with closely, I've not met anybody more advanced than Uncle. And some of you have met Uncle Bill and can attest to the same thing, having met other senior masters as well. Anyways, and that's why I've been with them so, for so many years. Every time I have a subject that's like a high, high level subject and I go to Uncle thinking, well, he might not know what this one is. He knows it, he knows it inside and out and can give you training for it that wasn't in whatever whatever anybody wrote or that's in the literature or that other that I've heard from even other teachers. And it's all high level stuff. So I was there for this one. I've been there for a couple like this, but the one that we just talked about with the Tai Chi fighting method, I was there for and it was exactly like that. Seeker Clear was chewing over that for a while, putting together the Tai Chi fighting workshop that we did in January, and he had this kind of question about you know, the, like, what if you're up against this kind of fighter using this kind of Tai Chi method? And Uncle, and, and he was chewing on it for kind of a while. Uh, he's saying I was thinking about it because I was working on the on the curriculum to be able to teach and get across the principles, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then, like, of the fighting method. Together. And how do I do this and present this in the best way? And also, I was considering 
different aspects. Well, what does Tai Chi do if this is going on? Are there other fighters like this? Anyway, so I was really pondering that and spending a lot of time thinking about that and writing this out and codifying it and getting it so that it was so that I could teach it as opposed to just doing it. And had, uh, you know, all sorts of different questions in the neighborhood of all of that along the way. And at one point we were at uncle's and he was thinking about something and, and we said, hey, hey, uncle, what do you think about this? And he was just like, oh, here you go. And he handed him this super high level fighting method, like off the cuff, out of nowhere that. But after telling me that he really didn't like the Tai Chi fighting method overall. Right. Uh, because it was too passive for him. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he was really talking about ghost fighting at that point. Once you put the fung in there and you and you get the and you get the moving with it, then he liked it better. He liked it, and, he, and <laughs> to quote him, it was because now you can go in. Yeah, now you now you can go get him. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> but but yeah, but but that kind of thing with Uncle, it, it happens a surprising amount. Where um, you know you'll ask him something, thinking that he may give you a little refinement or something like that and he goes oh, oh yeah that opened up this crazy huge can of worms that's like really high level and and he just i, I wouldn't it. call it a can of worms it opened up this really neat box of great toys and, yeah and, yeah that's and, a better way to put it knowledge that, that came pouring out and then you know and the other senior couple senior guys that were there got their hair blown back and i did too but the difference was is that i was like okay so i put this and this and this and do this and i'm doing it and the other guys poor ramsey then it was like, uh, I can't do that. And and uh, and to be to directly quote it, ran, he thought that he couldn't do it physically. And I said, physical is not the problem here. I said, you're physically. He was standing there. He was doing other fighting methods stuff. You've got every bit of the physical you need. The trick on the method isn't the physical at that point. It's your mind. And he said, well, I got to work on that too. So, okay. <laughs> I love Ramsey, by the way. Uh, I both find Ramsey because I love Ramsey. So, yeah. And look forward to seeing him the next time I get to see him. All right. Um, good. Any questions about any of that? Anything with Uncle? Because I've got touched on it here briefly, but literally, I've been his student for. Um, I am a recognized master by uh, Uncle Bill. I have the paperwork for that. A number of you have were here. Some of you were here when he signed that paperwork because uh, I've got it from him over the years two or three times. Um, I am a lineage inheritor. Um, for the internal side of the thing, I'm basically the guy that probably is carrying that forward. Um, there's me and like one or two other guys, specifically Don Miller, that I talked about being one of them, that are carrying that forward. The difference is, is that I'm only 56. Don is, he's 20 years, easily my senior. What's that? You're, Harry, you're on mute. Uh, yeah, he's like 70 ish. Yeah, he's 70 something and, and all of that. And so at any point could fully retire or, you know, other other things as we keep getting older, you get the idea. Um, anyways, the, uh, yep. So it'll end up being me carrying it forward for the most part. Um, well, and Uncle Bill did. And I'm, and I'm very blessed in, in all of that to be in, to be, to be that person, you know, to be able to do that. Okay. Well, Uncle Bill did kind of insist on that. Um, you know, he was here uh, and uh, he came, he comes pretty regularly or he did, you know, before prior, prior to COVID. Hopefully will again someday. But, um, uh, but uh, yeah, he was here on one of the trips and, and like as soon as he walked in, 
He said he uh, asked Roland to print out a certificate and he sat down there and designed it with them and and made us all like sign it and you know presented it to Steve Clear saying that he was the the you know internal decide the top internal disciple, I think was how he put it, but it was something that basically said you you have to carry this forward for me, like this part of my family arts um, and you know my personal cultural martial arts that I practice this this part of it you have to carry forward and it was the internal arts um, yeah. internal disciple I think was, was what it said and then yeah and then he presented to him to Sifu Clear and made everybody who was there sign it including me um, and I'm just I'm kind of proud to have witnessed that but it, it took us all by surprise because we didn't know me too. <laughs> just walked in and said hey Roland I need you to do something for me so. yeah all right any questions about uncle or that training at all or him or the training from him because I've like I've glanced over it, but you know uh, when I first trained from Uncle for the first few years, I don't know that I saw much that was Tai Chi. And then I moved here 20 years ago, and the first and I was seeing Uncle Vin uh, three to six weeks a year for the full week every year. Some of it out in Denver, um, and some of it where I lived. And I've been bringing him to Tampa several times a year, and then going to Denver several times a year. And then when I came here, I just continued that. And I came here in 2000, so 2000, I'm sorry, 2001, and so early 2002. And the first workshop that I brought him here for, he started teaching, and he took a move, and he started teaching a bunch of applications for the move. And then I was like, well, that's one of the Tai Chi moves. And then he took another move, and normally when Uncle's doing stuff with the Tai Chi, it's very fluid. You almost have to, if he didn't tell you it was Tai Chi, you almost have to like really stand back from it or be thinking about it and go, wait a minute. Okay, that's Tai Chi. In this case, the moves were like verbatim, Yang style moves, and then he was showing all kinds of applications um, in his flavor of doing things. Um, so some of them obviously I knew, and then other ones I hadn't seen done like that before. And, and he did this with move after move after move, and that's what he taught the whole time. And then of course we had this quite quite the discussion about that later. And then from then on, he really has taught me more Tai Chi oriented stuff for most of the time. Um, every once in a while I have to do something else, whether it be some Sirac Silat or some Bagua or whatever else it is. But primarily it's been Tai Chi since that time and very the very high level Tai Chi, like I said. Anyways, so any questions or anything about that? Yeah, so Sifu, when was that transition? Uh, that Uncle Bill started focusing on the Tai Chi rather than the... With, uh, with me, uh, yeah. yeah, with me, I would say 2001, 2002, right in there. Excuse me, Sifu, what, yeah. when, when you mentioned um, white cloud energetics, did you say, did you connect that with Bagua also, or was that something else? Yeah, there's, you, you normally, Uncle, when he's referring to that, he's talking about Bagua. But it is a it is an energy, not a not a movement. In other words, it's not like a it's not a if you're talking about Bagua, it's not a single palm. If it's if you're talking about Tai Chi, it's not rise and fall. It's more like talking about electric energy or magnetic energy <clears throat> or um, spiraling energy or rooting energy. It's a jing, essentially, at least initially. And then it really is a shin, which is the uh, e, e first, mind, and then Shin, uh, spiritual energy that, that's palpable, that you can feel it when it's really being done. And most of you have been in the room with me at least once when I was doing that and have felt some of that before. 
Um, and the white cloud is really an energy and a mindset and a spiritual quality. And by spirit, I don't mean like, like, you know, I'm going to the football game spirit or, you know, I'm in church singing and I'm feeling the spirit. I mean, it's, it's a, an, a, for lack of a better way to say it, a part of you that is not your body and not your brain, but that it is something that there is substance to and that's the easiest way i can put it to you for now um anyways and that it is a that is an energetic like that and that energy then is one that is high level i would say that it's high level in all the internal arts because i know each each one uses some of it they call it something else um and actually there's different terms but there's a couple terms specifically that that refer to that kind of thing and then for Tai Chi, it would just go to, well, yeah, that's high level Tai Chi. I don't know that there's a specific word for that one. Although there is the um, uh, airless, airless or air. There's a way they put it that basically refers to it being like an air quality and very light. And it is that particular energy. Anyways, but when uncle's talking about it, he usually talks about it where he calls it white cloud. And then I guess because he got it primarily from the Bagua teacher, and then it translated across into the Xingyi and the Tai Chi that he did, he still thinks of it as Bagua because he got it from his Bagua teacher. And so, yeah. The difference is I've not met, I've met other Bagua people who've heard of it, right? If they didn't train from uncle, the number of people I've met that actually know it is like none. It is, it is top, it is a, one of the top, top, top energies. And it's a quality that is in the level five of our push hands curriculum. You will learn that it is in there. It is a master level quality. By the way, it's some people would go, well, I'll just jump ahead and I'll get that. And I'll tell you the answer to that, which is this. That's like saying, um, you know, I don't know how to crawl. I don't know how to stand. I don't know how to walk. I don't know how to skip. But hey, I can run an obstacle course just fine. I can run an obstacle course while I'm chewing gum and rubbing my tummy in the top of my head. And I'm like, yeah, good luck with that. I'd be curious to see it. And I've seen people try the method where they're just kind of doing it and they can't do it. It's just, it's, no. it really is. It requires a lot of understanding, but dissolving I'd say that we've got is where is part of where you want to start. And even the dissolving as Harry can attest to again, is not the easiest training. And before that you better have really good sum. I mean, there are steps to get to that, to be able to really do it. And if you, if you can skip them and do it, more power to you. But I've not seen anybody that could do that. It requires, it requires a lot of understandings, both in your mind and in your, and then, ex, ex, and then actually exhibited or done with your body. And then for the, for the spirit stuff, for me, I'm not trying to create crazy people. And so there's a training method to that where you train your body, you train your mind, and then because you've done that so well and thoroughly and made your mind strong, you can now get into the other stop um, and it's a whole lot safer. And if you try to skip steps, that's when it becomes really not safe and your sanity is very quickly is questionable. Um, and, and the monastery where they do kind of, there is a monastery where they kind of skip the levels and at least three out of four people in monastery, basically they say, if you go crazy, we will never let you leave here. And three out of four people never leave. Like, and they're known, like, no, they're nuts. And so that's just the way, it, and it's very powerful, but you know, the trade-off's not worth it to me. Um, 
you know, I'm, I've got my own brand of crazy. So does every person on the planet, but there's still a crazy that's within a certain, uh, limit, if you will, as opposed to just bouncing off the walls, bonkers, uh, dangerous to yourself and up to yourself and others. And there's no, there's no reason to have to go to that other one to get the stuff. And somebody that's after power that bad, I worry about their motives in the first place. Why are they that determined to become that powerful that, Hey, the sanity can take a leap out the window. That's fine. Who's doing that? That's got, you know, that's, that, you know, there's already a, a mental issue or a mental weakness there that hasn't been addressed, that should be addressed to do this kind of training. And it is in our training to do that and how to do that. Well, you, you were wanting to say something there, so. No, just that, that, uh, that I'm absolutely 100% uh, in agreement with you. If you think power is more important than sanity, I don't think you fully understand what power is like used for, like what, why, like why, why do you actually want that? What's it gonna do for you if you, lose your mind I, I i don't understand anybody who would be willing to make that trade <laughs> yeah especially when there is a safe route to do it right and yeah it takes a little longer and yeah you know it's the mountain pass where you're likely to fall off and landslides are going to happen and you're probably going to die and then the other route pass it's going to take you an extra day but it's safe take the extra day you know normally it's it's you know simple all right and i'm using that as a metaphor so when i'm saying in this case maybe you're taking an extra year to three years but that's not that long when your sanity, you know, if you're 50 years old and you're going to live to be 80, well, 30 years of insanity as opposed to, okay, it took you three more years to get it. You know, whatever it is. Anyways, you get the idea. All right. Personally, I'd just rather be a normal guy who's sane than, yeah. you know, <laughs> if, if that was. Than a powerful guy who's insane. Right. Right. The, uh, all right. In 1995, I went to Shanghai, China, and I studied advanced Qigong, high-level Fogong. Um, the, the kind of what they call the, the mystery school or the indoor version of fog and fog being a mission, Kung being work. And it is the healing. And I already had a healing method that was sort of the public version of that, not public, but the Shaolin, uh, medical Qigong version of that was normally taught in the acupuncture schools. And when I went to China, I got hooked up on this higher level method. And the difference is, is that most people coming out of acupuncture school, they quit doing the method they learned in acupuncture school because they end up using too much of their own personal chi and it makes you sick. And so, um, because it depletes your kidney chi first and then it begins to go through the other systems and it really is a problem. And there's ways to do that method and not have that problem. And in the modern day, what I found is that most people can't do the hours of qigong every day required to do that. And because they're not, then they get sick. Um, and so fortunately with the advanced version, the high level fog on, um, you're able to do it and to, and tie into the ambient energy and the heaven and earth energy and other aspects of the Tai Chi stuff in a way so that you're able to really get very high level results and really get skill out of the method. And yet the method is very safe and very empowering to you while you're helping other people. And so I got that method then from Master Zhu Bongyi. Uh, and then, and she was the inheritor of Guolin Qigong. And then I got, uh, in that same trip, I met Master Ma Yuliang, and whose name I'm pronouncing terrible. And so I apologize. And he was the head of Wu style. And from him, what I've primarily worked on 
we did do some woo form. I think the woo 36 or 37, which I forgot within like a week or two of being home pretty much. Um, but then the internal push hands method that I worked on like every day for as many hours as I could the whole entire three weeks of the trip and getting hookups on that from him and from the other senior disciples under him that were helping work with us. And so, um, this became, I recognize it for what it was and what Master Ma taught us, which is this is the internal push hands method that if you do this method, and he called it no style, um, that you will be able to work and get all of the really high level internal Tai Chi qualities and the Nigong by doing the internal work, by doing this method, and that your Tai Chi will get to a very high level. And um, and this was the path to doing that. Um, and so I, I really picked up on that right away. was extremely excited. Had not gone real, like I was like, okay, we're going to do some push hands. But hadn't realized beforehand what the method was. And when I saw it for what it was, I was blown away and like, like oh, man, I got to have this. And the more I did it, the more I realized the depth of what was there to be had and how powerful the stuff is. And in, in terms of the training method and the learning method and, this, and getting skill and all of that stuff. Um, and it became the internal push hands method that I focused on and the lens that I used to test and train internal skills ever since. The, uh, and so um, now for, uh, uh, to promote a quick word from our sponsor, internal push hands. Internal push hands. Yes, that's what I've got here since that's what we're talking about. Oh, well, uh, well, I mean, that's what we're talking about at the moment. Um, the, uh, um, I don't have a good place to send them for that, though. The, the, I mean, the, be the, best the best place to go for all of this stuff is clearmartialarts.com. That'll give you a, a really good foundation in what clear Tai Chi is, the actual, like, training steps. And he's talking about how he learned uh all of this stuff and how and the different teachers that have influenced him over the years but if you want to get the kind of the distilled wisdom of all of those teachers that has been put into practice by seafood clear in a really easily accessible way the way to do that is at clearmartialarts.com and there is the tai chi uh form and the training with the tai chi form is there um that's clear tai chi online the push hands material is available there in different places in different forms. Um, Bracket by to internal power is a good place to get started for that. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's it. And that's at the what's the web address for that? Clearmartialarts.com. No, I mean, oh, and then there's a place you can click to go to the free practical guide to internal power. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Check out clearmartialarts.com, and uh, there's just a treasure trove of stuff there. Can I just not not to derail things in any way, but to add um, the internal method for push hands that, that you got. Um, lots of people do not understand the power and the utility of that. I can tell you that uh, at various push hands meetups where people are doing the more standard forward stance version of, of push hands, when they see this, uh, so many times they've said, oh, yeah, 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 that's a nice drill. <laughs> and they they don't get it that it's a full method in that the that's because most people have the public version of the tai chi they don't have the indoor stuff they don't have the real internal stuff going on and so when you're doing something that really requires the internal skill they don't understand it it's like why are you doing that it doesn't make sense 
Yeah. And it's like, well, how much internal work have you got? And usually the answer is, even if they think they've got a lot, normally it's that they don't have much. And so it's like, well, okay, so you're doing push hands, push me, you know, and get to the position. And then when they try, they start figuring things out pretty quick that, well, you're like an oak tree. I can't move you at all. You're really straining. And it's like, I'm not straining against you right now. And then they realize, and like, and when I'm doing it, and then those, some of you guys, and obviously you're all working on it, uh, and are various levels of it, it's ideally, it's that they realize I'm not straining at all. I'm standing here and you can't move me. Um, and it's, and it's, you know, it's that I'm using those internal things. And if you want to build that, you're going to have to do this kind of a method. And then it translates back into the other kind of push hands and your Tai Chi form and everything else. But they don't know what it is because they really have so little internal that they can't relate to it. Yes. Unfortunate, and we're trying to change that, you know, yes. feel the energy and, and also do the training to get an understanding of the energy and build the energy and use the energy. And by the energy, I really mean your internal aspects of the training and all of its various facets and forms, including your mind, including the jings, including the, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Thanks, Harry. The, uh, all right. So, so I, with that method, um, when I went to Shanghai, the method was taught in the parks. The senior people there were doing it. Master Ma had started teaching it. And what I didn't realize at the time that it really was their secret closed door stuff and that Master Ma was just teaching it publicly and had decided um, some years before that he was just going to do that and had been doing that. And that the other senior disciples around him, that any of them that had been there for any length of time, they were really unhappy about that. And when Master Ma died basically on his deathbed he asked them to take it forward and to teach that publicly and really get it out there and what they did instead was as soon as he died they had a meeting and they took it all back to being super secret indoor only disciples only and nobody else got the method and now you don't see anybody in the parks in shanghai doing the method anymore and most of the senior guys if they see the method they're going to pretend like they didn't see you doing that and if you ask them about it they're going to be like well what's that called and if you say what Master Ma called it, like no style, they'll be like, no style. I don't know about any no style. No style? Okay, no style. What are you talking about? And they play a game with it. And the game is, I don't want to teach you any of that. So I'm going to act like I don't know what you're talking about. And um, fortunately, I had already made the decision, you know, 11 months. This was 11 months after my first trip to China. And I had made the decision. I was really getting it out there. So I had already been home when I found out that that happened. I'd already been home teaching it and working the method and taking everything I ever got internally from any of my previous teachers and from Uncle Bill as I was working it then and putting it, pouring it into that vessel of a method and doing it um, to develop that and the internal aspects more and more and more and have continually done that ever since. Um, and then got with Master Luigi Fa, which I'll talk about in 1980, I'm sorry, in 2007 and got some more hookup on the method, even though he did do the thing where he didn't know what I was talking about and then finally admitted what had happened with the meeting and then making it secret again and all that stuff. Um, but that method, part of the reason it's not known, it would be a lot more known if the, if the other disciples had been out there doing it, but they had purposely gone out of their way to hide it. And this is really top of the food chain, high level information. And in our program, we started early because as you guys know that are working it, 
um, it is a non-ending and, and it keeps, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving again and again and again, as long as you're working it correctly. And it takes you from the beginner all the way to the high level through the method. Um, even though it's, um, you know, fairly, uh, not as active, uh, on the external part initially anyways, as what you typically see for push hands. And so, it, and when you call it push hands and people are expecting to see that moving around push hands, it almost does it a disservice because they expect, I've had people that were long-term Tai Chi people and they said, Hey, I don't want to do push hands. I'm good. And they were thinking that kind, it's this pushy, shovey, king of the hill, hands and arms going and jumping around. And it's like, no, this is more like internal skill building method with a partner. Um, and where it's all internal when you're really doing it and it'll change your life because it, because it did mine. And I know a number of other people that, that, that have had that, you know, a bunch of you that have the same experience. And so, and so push hands does it a disservice to call it that. And yet it really is closer to what push hands was supposed to be for originally, not so much mostly what you see out there being done today. Anyways, any other comments or questions about that? Um, I, it's, it's funny when I've gone to some of the more aggressive push hands meetups, uh, there's, there've been some that um, I'll let them put their hand on my chest. And they'll be like, what are you doing, man? That, that would like be a strike. I wouldn't let you. And I'm like, no, you don't understand what I'm doing. Go ahead, put your hand on my chest and try to move me. I'm working on an internal quality. We're not, if you want to play that we're punching each other or whatever, that's a different thing. But I'm working that. So let me put my hand on your chest. Can you deal with that? And then, oh, no. Yeah. Well, and then I've had people like that too who've then said, but can you play this other method? It's like, yeah, okay, I'll play your method. Let's do that. And then, bring those internal qualities in there and they're like, man, I'm going to get injured. Like doing this with you. And it's like, well, yeah, because I'm doing the internal stuff and you don't have those qualities because you're doing that version you're doing, but you don't have this. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, and it's, why would you do one thing or the other? Or why would you do one that would really build that internal skill more and more and more? And then, you know, sometimes they'll will, sometimes they won't. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, yeah. And in many times those uh, types of individuals will have plenty of good Lee skill and we'll have some uh, mechanical tricks and things they can do to you. But then sure. when it comes to the internal, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like they don't have much. And then, and then what Tai Chi is about is the ability to have a quality of touch that really will do things and does things and that you are able to do things through. So if there's contact with you to them or contact with them to you, that's what Tai Chi really, that's all Tai Chi needs to operate really well if you have it at the level of really having skill with the Tai Chi. And if it's like, no, you got to jump around a lot more. Okay. That's beginner level. That's, that's low level Tai Chi. Um, and that doesn't mean you don't want that part too. Of course you do. Right. Um, but if you stop there or that's all you've got and been doing for 25 years, it's still low level. It just, it's, it's the high levels not happening in that, you know, for a person that's only doing that kind of stuff. And we've had more than a few people that have been involved in Tai Chi for over 20 years. Uh, they don't admit that at first, but after interacting with us for a little while and then seeing what the method is, they end up conceding that point. Uh, and so, and so my point isn't to disparage or to take away from or anything else. I want people to work the method and add it to what you're doing, still do the other stuff and then do this and get it. So that you really got that high level internal going on and it will change the Tai Chi landscape. So the people are able to get the health benefits come out of the internal side 
the only way that the external side really helps people is if they're laying on the couch all the time, sitting on the couch, eating bonbons, and then get up off the couch, quit eating the bonbons, and then go do some physical activity. Well, it's better for them to not do that. In that case, the, uh, the Lee physical external moving around and doing stuff method is good for them. To get it further than that starts to for Tai Chi to do with the things it's known for doing. It requires the internal skills. And so then how are you developing that? And then and in this, there's a very codified direct method for getting there very rapidly, rap, more rapidly than I've seen with any other method of, of practicing, learning, and doing Tai Chi. The uh, real quick, and this is probably the last one we'll talk about until next time, is that um, in 1995, I met and began to study from my friend and brother, Don Ethan Miller. He's the one that I talked about. It's one of uncle's other senior internal lineage inheritor uh, master level guys. And he is one of the, I've got here, he's one of the other lineage inheritors under Uncle Bill. Don is an international push hands champion, and he was a 10 year indoor student of T.T. Liang. Um, who was one of the senior students under uh, Chen Man Chain, right? And he has studied with a number of recognized Tai Chi masters. And my relationship with Don still continues to this day, 25 years later. Um, he's a great human being, and I really loved interacting with him. And um, Don also says that at having studied for many, many, many teachers, and Don's been studying since the 1960s when I was a little kid, um, and Don also says that Uncle Bill is the most knowledgeable and advanced Tai Chi teacher he knows. And he has met other lineage inheritors from Chen style and Yang style, uh, Yang family members, this kind of thing, um, and other top Wu stylists and all of that. And he still says, he says the same thing I do, that, that the most knowledgeable and advanced Tai Chi teacher he knows is Uncle Bill. And I'm not talking about he does that publicly for Uncle Bill's gratification. I mean, me and him and nobody else in the room, and he's been like, man, the most senior guy I know, the, the highest level stuff, it's him. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I agree. You know, I've seen enough, from, I've learned enough from him. You know, if I get a topic that I think that uncle probably doesn't know about this one, and I ask him about it, he's a, he's a, a wealth of information about the thing every single time. I've never had it not be that. Um, and, and that's on the highest level internal Tai Chi and, and Qigong and Nigong aspects and the energy, anatomy, and physiology um, that goes with that and how to use it and how to tie into it. And that's whether you're talking about Wei Qi level, the energy uh, that's uh, the Qi that's like surface of the body that you use with the Fa Gong, all the way into bone marrow level, the whole thing through and through. Um, anyways, all right. Um, I think we're going to wrap this up for this time and then we'll be doing part three of this and it'll be the last part of it, um, the next session. Is there anything about this, because I've been kind of talking a lot, obviously, that any of you had questions about or want to know about or want to weigh in on or experience of yours that sort of ties into some of what I'm talking about here, um, any of those kinds of things. All right, well, um, thank you guys. Enjoyed talking to you today. I hope this is proving useful to you and uh, put any comments or places, even in the podcast now, there's some places where you, if you listen, heard, got this through the podcast service where you can put that. If you got it on one of our social media pages, you put comments there. If you got it through YouTube or, or just on our site or whatever, 
and you had questions or comments or wanted to interact, uh, please get with us. Um, we look forward to hearing from you and talking to you and ideally, um, you know, doing some of this training with you. Um, and so uh, we're going to do the last uh, word of promoting from our sponsor here and then um, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, well, you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, Clear Tai Chi and what really has, what, uh, what kind of the components are that have gone into Clear Tai Chi over the years and that have influenced Clear Tai Chi and made it as powerful a training method as it is, as powerful a, a Tai Chi system as it is. Uh, and so to really get Clear Tai Chi, to really actually get involved in it and to get the training steps for it, or to even just find out more about it um, and you know get an exposure to it, you can uh, get any and all of that at clearmartialarts.com. Thanks, Matt. Um, please avail yourself of that. And again, make sure to stay in contact with us. Guys, thank you for, and, and lady, Sheila, um, thank you for participating today and, and for hanging out and listening to me ramble on more or less. And, and uh, thank you for your input. And, uh, more next time. Thank you, Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Very good. And now, a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start, and for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The practical guide to internal power is a work at your own pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from 0 to 60 as quickly as possible, and it is totally free. So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com.